I suppose you'd like to hear about the, the night, night I killed my father. Previously on Serial. My brother Carter and I infiltrated the home of the late Alfred Block, CEO and founder of breakfast foods empire, Branco, to investigate the mysterious circumstances of his death. Through our conversations with his widow, retired soap opera actress Elfrida, and with his children, pop star Christian, and aspiring comic Huberta, we learned that each member of the family had their own axe to grind with the patriarch, but we failed to find any evidence linking them to the crime. Until the day's end. Elfrida and Huberta had each referenced 19 podcasters that had come into their home in the hopes of uncovering a dark secret, and had all concluded that there was nothing worth reporting. Yet, the notion that 19 fellow journalists had done their due diligence and none had come forward with any information whatsoever felt odd to me. And my hunch was right. When we opened a locked closet in Alfred Block's office, 19 Blue Yeti microphones came tumbling down, and we were confronted by Elfrida. I now hand the focus back to me of the past. Elfrida, what is going on here? Oh, and Carter had an allergic reaction or something to a glass of bourbon, so that's why he sounds dumb. Dumber than usual. Don't be so hard on yourself. Okay. Anyway. Elfrida, what is going on here? Why did you just shut the door? And why did you lock it? That is a very loud lock. Oh, my dear children, how I wish you hadn't stumbled upon those blue yetis, she. And by stumbled upon, I mean broken into the locked closet where we've been hiding them. Well, as journalists, it was our duty. Journalist? Lisa Desjardins never defiles my closets. Okay, but if we're nitpicking, Lisa Desjardins is a broadcast presenter rather than a journalist. You know, you may have more friends if you talk less, she. Excuse me? She has a point, Ellen. Whose side are you on? Food for thought, darling. Food for thought. It was at this point that I suspected that Elfrida had not been completely honest with us. I'm afraid that I haven't been completely honest with you. I did indeed kill my husband, see? You killed Alfred Block? I know my late husband's surname. You can just call him Alfred. Right. Uh, would you care to elaborate? As I've mentioned, since my days in the limelight, I have honed quite the green thumb, see? I've been known to cultivate multitudes of herbs and spices. Your run-of-the-mill oregano, thyme, or mint. Thyme squash? That's right. Summer squash. But certain herbs in my greenhouse are a little bit harder to come by, see? Are you familiar with a plant called oleander? No. Yes, oleander, also known as neram or neram oleander, is a widely cultivated flowering shrub, most recognizable for its pink and white blooms. How do you know all that? I have a life outside of you. Good, good. Someone's been reading his farmer's almanac. But perhaps you're unfamiliar with oleander's more potent qualities. What do you mean? It's poisonous to humans, dear, though it's really rather mild. Inadvertent ingestion might lead to some mild abdominal pain or light bloody diarrhea. Ew. We're going to have to edit this out. But by my lonesome raising two kids, it can really give a woman time to think, time to ponder, time to reflect. She starts an amateur toxicology lab in her basement. Lady, you are crazy. Maybe so. Nights I toiled and tinkered with my plants until I created a serum derived from the oleander plant, powerful enough to kill. My heart and mind were aligned in mission and method. All I had left to do was deliver it, see? Which was truly the simplest piece of the puzzle. Uh, how so? 
My husband runs like clockwork. On his nights at home, he can always be found in his study, she, working away and shipping on one of his indulgences, a glass of bourbon. You didn't! You're right, I didn't. As my detest for him grew and grew, Alfred had, in turn, become increasingly tired of me. He would have never let me into his study, his haven, so his darling Huberta... Desperate to put an end to his tyrannical hold on her future and pursue a lifetime of late nights, Chuckles was the one who held that vial that faithful night. And Christian? At the time, blissfully unaware, he was too fragile, see? We couldn't involve him before the deed was done. Now he is sworn to secrecy. But how did Alfred even drink it? Carter spat the bourbon out as soon as it touched his tongue. Tis true. Quite simple, my dear, see? My husband was known for quite a few things, far from the least being his lack of taste, both literally and metaphorically. My poor darling couldn't taste a thing. A charitable donation or two from my husband's estate to our local police offices have prevented any unwanted snoopers from snooping around my house, see? Okay, that tracks, I guess. So, what about all the blue yetis in the closet? Oh dear, we have made a bit of a mess over these years, haven't we? Every so often, a starry-eyed audio goblin will show up at my doorstep with the sheer audacity to... And probably audacity for Mac. What? It's an audio editing software, a little podcast humor. I'm sorry, it was a joke. I didn't mean to interrupt. You were doing a great job. Oh, you swollen-tongued cherub. How, now, where was I, see? Ah, yes, with the sheer audacity to believe that they can uncover the murky circumstances around my husband's death, I've often subscribed to the philosophy that the safest place to hide is right in plain sight. So, why not allow these bothersome truth-seekers into my home for a little song and dance to further clear our names, see? Well... Much to my surprise, it turns out my children and I are very not good at this. Why, you've been here for what? An hour? And I've told you the entire story of how I killed my husband. The very first podcast found the murder weapon almost immediately after they entered the house. Okay, so what did you do to them? As though we had a choice. We couldn't risk the podcast going public and ruining our reputations. Christian wouldn't last a day in prison. In the house, we have two rules, see. No solid foods after 9 p.m. and no one goes to jail. So we killed them. Okay, so to avoid going to jail, you killed more people. Hmm, that seems counterintuitive. Yeah. From there, it snowballed. Podcast on the podcast would stop by. They'd uncover the evidence and we'd kill them all. We've only let one live earlier this year. Two floozies showed up at my doorstep claiming my husband was a mega yummy murder victim, wishing to summon his spirit for what I can only assume were lewd circus games, see? And what happened to them? As though I would allow them into my home. But all the others. Quite dead, yes, we killed them. So, let me clarify all this. Go on. You have allowed 19 amateur podcasts to come into your home looking to investigate what we now know to be the murder of your late husband. Yes. And have allowed them to come across evidence linking you and your family to your husband's death, including the exact same bottle of poison bourbon that he was killed with. Yes, that's right. And the most efficient way to cover up these discoveries was to murder amateur podcasters. Hey, yep. 
and stockpile the evidence of those murders, increasing both the amount of evidence that you are concealing and the number of murders that you have committed. Yes, that's correct. Okay, what? Oh my God, you guys, my tongue. That's great. Okay, how is it possible that 20 murders have happened in this house, you and your family have been home for all of them, and have never once been investigated? There are so many things about this story that make no sense. What about your husband's family? What about the podcasters' families? Oh, you simple, simple girl, she. It's not complicated in the slightest. I promise you, there's a perfectly rational explanation that will answer your questions and any questions the hypothetical listeners of this podcast that will never be released may have. You see, what you have to understand is... Unfortunately, the audio files from this portion of the recording have been corrupted thanks to negligence on the part of our sound guy. Yes, I too am flawed, dear listeners. And that is how my family and I have evaded capture low these many years. Ingenious. That explanation perfectly covers up any remaining plot holes in this narrative. Gosh, I hope that audio file doesn't get corrupted. It will not. I am very competent. So, then she. Now you know the whole true story. It was very informative. Why, thank you, my dear boy. Far from my first time reciting a villainous monologue. You should have seen me in the 1987 made-for-TV animated thriller Bluebirds, in which I portrayed the nasty cartoon owl called Countess Sequoia Boom Boom. I delivered an 18-minute speech that was cut from the final film. Fascinating. And now that I've told you, there is, of course, the bothersome task of killing you as well. What? Then why did you tell us? Hmm. I suppose you're right. And no sense in dwelling on that now. If it provides any solace, I won't enjoy it one bit. Yeah, I'm not feeling great about it either. I might enjoy it a little. Children, children, come help mommy bring the rope. Hello, Hello, mommy. Hello. Do be a couple of dears and tie them up to the chairs, please. Of course, course, Mommy. Oh, my God. Were they always that creepy? I can confidently say that they were. Come now. Come now, children. Make it snappy. Right away, Mommy. Christian! Oh, no. I've messed it up, haven't I? We went over it downstairs, Christian. Enough. You are both making a folly of a blood sport. Tie them up now. You'll never tie us up. I was wrong about that. For a family of aristocratic creatives, you are surprisingly strong. Okay, you may have tied us up, but you'll never gag us and restrain our legs. Bring the gags and the leg restraint. I'll not stop saying things. Soon, you'll just be another failed true crime podcast lost to time. Your magnum opus will float around in the digital ether. Downloaded sporadically, maybe once every three months. By accident, deleted, and shortly thereafter, she. <laughs> wow, that was really ominous, Mother. Thank you, dear. Though the story continues, this will be your final scene. The curtain will fall, but there will be no ovation, she. No glowing review in the Times, she. No major award. No paparazzi outside your door. No Harry Styles saying yum yum to your podcast podcast. She went on like this for quite some time. Though we were petrified both of the mortal peril we were in and of her flagrant mixing of metaphors, we maintained our steely facades in the face of imminent doom. We were unflight. Oh my god, Erin! We're gonna die! Carter, stop it! You can buy our silence. We won't say a word. How much? Ten million dollars. Ha! All right, all right, we're willing to haggle. Eight million. No, 8.5. No, Carter, stop! We have integrity! Since when? Carter! Kill her then! What? She's the one that you want. I won't say a word. I'll tell mom and dad bears got her. Oh, oh what kind of bears? Gummy bears? Okay. Christian, refrain from encouraging this jabberjot ninny. Jabberjot ninny? That's not very nice, mother. Christian, we've talked about this. Mommy doesn't do nice when she's murdering. Now, 
Then, what do you want? Poison or the guillotine? Guillotine! Oh, I jest. Our guillotine is out at the cleaners. Poison it is! Wait! I knew that time was running out, and I had to think quickly. Fortunately, Elfrida had already revealed her weak spot. Are you really going to kill us before giving Carter a chance to taste your famous summer squash? After all this talk, I bet he's dying to try it, right? Um, not really. I ate before I came. No, Carter, you want to try it? Oh, oh, yes, yes. I very much want to try it. <laughs> oh. After you talked it up so much, what else did you expect? It right? is my one dying wish to taste the world's best summer squash. Oh, well, I don't believe I said world's best. Don't be bashful. Oh, darn it all. Mother. Oh, you Barta, you mustn't be such a sourpuss. If this young man on his deathbed wants to try my laboriously grown summer squash, who am I to deny that? All right. Come, Huberta. Harvesting summer squash is a two-man job. Uh, I can help. No, you just get in the way, darling. Just keep watch over our guests and don't screw the pooch. Like I did in the 1991 St. Louis tryout of the jukebox musical The Dachshund Who Would Be King, featuring the music of Lisa Lisa in which I played a frisky and well-dressed chihuahua by the name of Pickles, she. Shall I perform the opening number? God, just kill us now. No, I want to hear the song. Ha! Another jest, my dears. And you wonder where Huberta gets her witch from. I've not warmed up, she. I'll be back in a jiff with the summer squash and the poison. Ta-ta! I knew that time was running out, and I had to think quickly. Fortunately, we were left alone with the most vulnerable person in the family. Oh, it has been so long since I've had friends to play around with. Do you guys want to play a game until murder time? I, I have Parcheesi in the cabinet. Not especially. Okay. Um, I, I also have Mancala and uh, Chinese checkers. Oh, I go for a round of Chinese checkers. <laughs> Wonderful. Carter, focus. Never mind. Uh. Christian, you seem like a nice guy. Thank you. Uh, d- do you want to watch us die? I usually just leave the room before they start. Okay, not quite the conclusion I was aiming for. Um, since you're such a nice guy, uh, how do you feel about what your mother and sister have been up to? Hmm. If you ask me, all this homicide is just like too much. You know, mother and sister have a great fun time with it, but I, I don't want to see you die. You know, you're okay people. Christian is not interested in murder. Christian is only interested in the music. So why not just let us go and and just make music? Oh, no, no, no. Mother and sister would be so cross with me, but they are always cross with me. Yeah. Do you feel like they don't respect you? Yeah. Like they're not listening to what you want to do. Yeah. Which is, in this case, not murder us. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Listen, Christian, Christian, we can help you break the cycle. You let us go, we can get you out of this house and away from your mother and sister. Oh, no, 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 no. That That is too risky. Okay, if mother and sister catch us, they will be angry. And they get mad when they're angry, you know? The reward is not worth the risk. Christian, don't say that. Hold on, Aaron. What if we could sweeten the deal? Oh? Decency and compassion aren't good enough reasons to- Ow! Now is not the time for your high horse. Let me handle this, Aaron. I speak the business. So, Christian. What could two potentially very influential podcasting icons do for you? A down-in-his-luck but ludicrously talented singer-songwriter. Huh. You are media moguls, yeah? Very um, much so. Not from the voice, but you have a, a pretty big following. Right? Wow, many mentioned. listeners to your audio program, yes? So many. Well, I, 
I have written a little something that I would maybe like to share with the world. What is it, buddy? My comeback single. It's called Comeback Single. You get us out of here? Consider it done. Hmm. Okie dokie. The only exit to this house is the main entrance. To get there, you have to pass through the kitchen, which is where mother and sister will be preparing your summer squash meal. Just have to sneak around them. Aaron, you have the heavy step of a Sasquatch. Oh, well then in that case, you will never make it. The block women have ears like the Jerboa. The what? Jerboa. The large-eared hopping desert rodent of Northern Africa. Google it. Okay, maybe later. We did Google it. He was right. I know what we can do. Ever since the t-shirt cannon, Christian cannot uh, always sing well. But Christian can always sing loud. While you sneak out of the house, Christian will perform very loudly one of his many future hit songs. Mother and sister will come here to investigate the commotion and, under the shroud of music, you will make it to the door. Okay? Okay. Okay. We'll see you on the other side, brother. And so, Carter and I crept out of Alfred's study and down the hall. Moments later, Christian blared his signature Europop sound, summoning a frenzied Elfrida to the study. Before we made a break for the door, we caught this exchange. Christian, Christian, what is the meaning of this? Where are the prisoners? Oh dear, uh, they requested one last song and, you know, they, they must have slipped out while I was lost in the music. Is that so? Oh yes, you know, they're big fans of my music. Oh, that can't be true. You're lying. Do you understand the severity of what you've done? We knew our time was running out. Huberta, Huberta, seal the exits. They broke Christian. You were right. This was it. The final sprint towards freedom. We flew down the stairs, through the kitchen, past out- Past the summer squash. Past the summer squash. Carter, stop. You need to let that go. I will not. We flew down the stairs, through the kitchen, out into the main foyer with the front door in sight. Freedom was within our grasp, but we were confronted with one final seemingly insurmountable obstacle. Just where do you think you two are going? Huberta had cut us off right at the front door. Huberta, please get out of our way. Would you really let us die before hearing your Netflix special? We've heard it's a groundbreaking, must-see comedy event. Nice try, but flattery won't work on me. What if we let you promote it on our podcast? We have millions of listeners. There is no way that that is true. I'm afraid that this little escape stunt ends here. I knew that time was running out and I had to think quickly. Fortunately, I devised a most clever escape tactic. Ow, you just punched me in the face! Run, Carter! (laughs) And with that, we were free. We ran as far as we could. Two blocks. And we didn't look back. We sent our audio files to the authorities, and with Christian's help, we were able to put Huberta and Elfrida behind bars for as long as we could. Two months. That's not true. Okay, it's not true. Life sentences for both. Christian became the CEO of Branco and sole beneficiary of the block fortune. After paying out restitutions to the families of his mother and sister's victims, he officially shuttered the doors of both Branco and Block Manor, donating the majority of his family's fortune to charity. With the leftover money, he moved into a small apartment in San Francisco, recording music. Hoping to shed the shadows of his past, he did so under a new name, Christian DeRulo. But what about us? What's to become of Aaron Carter? We still haven't gotten that Pulitzer. What do you say, Carter? Are you up for another true crime adventure? <laughs> Not a chance. Yeah, me neither. Who knows what's next for us? But for now, a promise is a promise, and we've got a little song for you all to hear. Take it away, Christian. And now, with his comeback single, 
comeback single. Here is pop superstar Christian Derulo. It's time to bring it back. It's Christian, it's music. I guess I just brought it back. Just brought it back. It's your boy Christian. And you know I'm singing. Come back single. This is my single. Come back single. I'm single. I'm Christian. I'm single. This is my come. 